for one moment just think about this
lift our hands in the presence of Jesus. Every hand lifted. Just begin to bless him in the spirit all over the room. Come on. Just for about 30 seconds, begin to minister to the Lord. right sing in the spirit sing in the spirit all over the room Good morning, family. How are you doing, everyone? And Merry Christmas to you all. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Now, you will know those that like Christmas, Christmas chicken more than greeting. They avoided the good morning and they went straight to Merry Christmas. Just be checking it, you will see. They avoided the good morning greeting. They just keep it. They went straight to Merry Christmas. Priscilla is number one. She will like Christmas chicken, particularly the leg. See those five legs that is doing leg. Okay, is it five? Four legs. That is doing leg. It's doing you shaking. She will like that part very well. Who else? Uh, Brother Sam Eben. Brother Sam Eben, they will like the, what is it called? Gizzard. You will like the gizzard. Uh, who else? Let's catch them, let's catch them, let's catch them. Madam Tachiwa. Madam Tichua will like the chicken. You see that chicken bomb bomb? That one that is big. Naira bless. She will like the leg. The left leg. 
It's called chicken hips. Ah, sorry, I didn't know. I thought it's chicken bumbo. They are coming for your chicken. My chicken ran away. I will go and look for it after this meeting. I have not caught it yet. You see, Mrs. Delight just used wisdom to escape. Now she now added the good morning first and now added the Merry Christmas. Try. I would have waited for them to finish so that I can be catching them very well, very well, very well. Oh. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. All right. So, as it were, Christmas is Jesus' birthday. Hmm? Based on what we're told. Yeah, laughter is a good medicine. Yeah, Madam Uraba has brought, has brought her owner. Merry Christmas to your family. She, did, she left a good morning too. I think she will like the chicken wings. She will like the wings. I wish this meeting is one physical meeting and we are having some Christmas, some Christmas jollification so that we will know those that like their head the leg, the arm, the wings. Don't worry, one day we'll do it. Father, we thank you. <laughs> Be good. Ah. Father, we thank you. Say it's your love for the prophecy. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Before we go into anything, I have a question for us. Jesus is the reason for Christmas. What does Jesus mean to you? Who is Jesus? Let's go. What does Jesus mean to you? Or who is Jesus? So pick one of the questions and give me an answer. Good morning, Mr. Moses. Merry Christmas to you too. Don't go and look. Everybody's not taking the shortcut. Savior, Savior, Savior. You no problem. And Abba said, Savior. Nelly said, Savior. Mrs. Della said, Savior. Priscilla said, Savior. Queen Della said, Source of Life. Okay. And Philomena said, Jesus is my life. Okay. I will not ask you to explain. We'll take it like that. The Deva said, Jesus is my friend. When, 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 friend, when last did you meet him? Your friend, your uh, friend is somebody you have to be meeting and be talking to. So when, when last did you meet? Where did both of you meet? I said, friend. 
Madam Naira said, my God and Savior. Amazing. Madam Esther said, my Lord and my God. Okay. Susika said, my Lord. Madam Eurabba said, Jesus is my all in all. Oh. Eurabba said, he's my Lord and King. Are you... Madam Shine said, Jesus is my Savior and the lover of my soul. Okay. So you see that they give Jesus only so they are giving their hearts to their husband, collected their own soul and give it to Jesus. And Bible says, that shall love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy might. And they give Jesus only so, only so. Hmm. Yo, Jesus, are you seeing now? Look at your people. And Averro said, Jesus is my Savior. Grandpa said, the Lord who takes away the sins of the world. Okay, but who is Jesus to you, to you, to you? Nelly said, bestie forever. Yo. Enam said, Jesus is my Lord and personal Savior. This is the last said, he holds the key to my life. Sure. It's like, you watch that Nigerian movie, uh, they added 19 words. Is it in the 90s? He holds the key to my life. One sickness. That answer here came from that movie. Or one song. And trouble came to take my soul away. Grandma said, Jesus is God and Lord of all. Okay. Let's personalize it. Listen, listen. Listen, I'm taking us on the journey. Don't just... If you don't, if you don't get that, if you don't have an answer for this before now, then it should bring you into a moment of reflection. All I'm saying is, do we really know Jesus? All right, do we really know Jesus? Because some persons right now are dying over chicken somewhere. Somebody is dying over Christmas clothes. Somebody is going to have a sex ramp today, today, for Jesus' birthday. Huh? They're going to have some sense. Robert is going to get drunk today. Okay. But Philomena say again, my deliver, my deliverer, Faustinus. Hey, I've never seen Faustinus before. I've seen Faustina. I've seen Faustina. Faustinus. My God. You're welcome. I say my savior. Me and I'm saying my savior. If you have what you must say, this is my Lord and Savior. Margaret said, my savior and the mediator of my covenant. You, if I ask you to explain, I hope you can explain it too. Mm -hmm. Rebecca Amisa said, Jesus is the beginning and the end who created us. Are you? Mr. Moses said, it means to me, the covenant of the new covenant, my redeemer. Who gives me a new beginning? Portia said, Jesus is the Son of God and figure of Christianity. Let's get it back to ourselves. Who is Jesus to you? To the world, now me, I don't care. They are on their own. Hmm? We have been telling about Jesus, but now, who is Jesus to you? For the next few minutes, that's what I'm concerned about. Be sure you are not just copying one scripture. 
be sure what you are saying is a reality to you if it is not then think again okay if what you are saying you're just copying you're just answering and making a statement think again should it be so should it really be so he is also a great provider jesus personally he's my savior jesus is my savior my lord savior healer deliverer jesus is savior my life john 3 16 my lover okay amazing 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 you guys have answered this one they have dodged once you come to question they will run away you will never see them answer now it is important for us to understand that the essence Jesus is the answer to my salvation. Amazing. It is important that we keep in our heart that the essence for the season is to remind us that in a moment like this, a man was born. A God was born. All right? So if this season does not take us back to reflect on the birth, the life, the death, and the return of Jesus, then we didn't use it well. Easter should not be only a moment where we reflect on the death of Christ. Every time we get the opportunity to look into the things that has to do with Jesus, it should remind us of everything about him. Most importantly, that he's coming back again. All right? That is the most important thing. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. Whether you believe it or not, it's not my business. But I tell you, he's coming back again. And when he's coming back, he's not coming to joke. When he's coming back, he's not com coming for fun. When he's coming back, he's not coming to waste his time. He said, I'm coming back to take the church. And when he talk about the church, not the building, but the people inside. But he said, when I'm coming for the church, I'm going to look out for those without spots and wrinkle. The people I'm going to look out for are those without spot and without wrinkle according to bible the rapture is going to have three batches the first people who will ascend are those who are dead all right then followed by those who are without those who are dead that are, they were born again those who are martyred those who lived clean and they died the next set of people are those people who are alive but they live their life clean you find them in corinthians paul spoke about these things so you will just see them begin to disappear before your eyes some just begin to ascend bible said two shall be grinding one will be gone three shall be on their bed two will be gone like that like that like that so this is a moment to reflect on the birth of jesus the importance of his existence, the pain he went through, the price he paid for us, lifting our sin out of us and taking it on himself, even though he wasn't guilty, and the fact that he's going to come back. But unfortunately, 
Christmas now has become a time of competition. Christmas now has become, I grew up a bit under the Deeper Life Church. Okay? I grew up a bit under the Deeper Life Church and partly in the Redeemed Church. This is the time they start their retreat. Yeah. This is the time they start their retreat and it's fasting. I think you only get food once a day or twice a day. And that food is not fooding anything at all. So they take the season to begin to reflect. They usually do the retreat um, Easter, Christmas, into the new year. I hated, in fact, I hated deeper life retreat because why will you go and pull retreat on the, during Christmas? What kind of wickedness is that? My mother will carry us and all of that. I went to live once. I vowed never to go again. When my mate was wearing their Christmas clothes and throwing knockouts, toa, 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 toa. So the next Easter, they were to carry us to, to for retreat. I fell sick. This is not pretentious. I don't know how, how it happened, though. For me, dear, the sickness just came. Boom! So they had to leave me in the house and left me with somebody. I forgot who they left me with. They carried the rest of and they took them for retreat. And the retreat is not in a, a church. Or, no, they have what they call campground. It's in a bush. Thick bush. Carry me, go and put it in the district. Charlie, leave me in my house. Charlie, I ate, I, ate, I ate some turkey and chicken. Eh? I felt the Christmas. I ate it rough, 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 rough. But the more I grew, the more I understood the importance and the value of this thing. You see, who Jesus is to you matters a lot. Who Jesus is to you matters a lot. Right? It is important that you get a personal revelation. Now, if we read through the book of Matthew 16, you see Jesus asking the disciples, who do men say that I am? It is good to give your opinion on what you read in the Bible. It is good to give your opinion on what you heard from somebody. But have you come to a point now where Christ has now been revealed to you that you can say, I know him. I know him. I know you've heard your pastor say, oh, he's a Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi. Okay, no problem. Now you have grown five years in Christ. Who is he to you? Have you been able to encounter him for yourself? Or you are still carrying what somebody told you? Because work with Christ should be experiential. So he began to ask them, who do men say that I am? So it showed that the disciples have been listening to gossip. Some said, ah, they say you are Elijah. They say you are Moses. Some said, they say you are John the Baptist. Some said, they say you are, okay. Then he flipped the question. He said, who do you say that the Son of Man is? And everybody was quiet and confused. But Peter stood up and said, thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus made a profound statement. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father which is in heaven so it simply means 
that if you are serving God in the flesh, you don't really know Jesus yet. Because it takes the Father to reveal Jesus to you. I wish somebody is getting me right now. If you are following God in the flesh, based on your problem, based on going to a man of God first, I'm not against going to a man of God. I'm always there for you. Anything you want, come. I'll have time and minister to you. But if you have not known Jesus for yourself, you have not been able to capture the person of Jesus for you, my friend, you are lost. And we might have to go and re-examine re your salvation experience if you are truly born again. We might have to go and re-examine your salvation if you are truly born again. Because some of you listening to me, I've been reading through the forms for the school of ministry. I deliberately put in salvation because I don't want to teach unbelievers. I want to teach believers. I deliberately put in salvation and how you got born again and all of that. And I realized a lot of people don't even know if they are born again. Some of us grew up in a Christian home. All right? Your mother, your father was born a Christian. You were church people. So you were born in a Christian home um, and all that. So you grew up in the church, all of that. But you never remember one day that you actually opened your mouth and confessed Jesus. You are not born again yet. You are a churchgoer. Yes. Salvation is not you being born in a Christian family. Salvation is not you being in church for long. It's not you being in choir. If you can't remember... You've, you've not had the time where you opened your mouth and say, Lord Jesus, I don't care to know how old you are in church. I don't care to know how much you have been praying. It is possible you have been getting the answers to your prayer. Even unbelievers get answers too. But you've got to retrace your step and fix things, put things in the normal mode. Because if you read the book of Romans from chapter 10, from verse 8, Paul began to speak and say, and what's here? He said, the word is in, um, in the mouth and in the heart. And it went further and began to tell us how to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. That is why your children are not born again. They have to grow to a point where they can accept Christ for themselves. Because the law is, if you read Romans um, chapter 10 from verse 8, but what's here is the word is ninety, even in the mouth and in the heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. But verse 9 said, If thou shalt confess Jesus with thy mouth, all right, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is the pattern and the structure of salvation. You must declare it. You being born in a Christian family is not the problem. But you must come to a point where you now realize that, hey, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. If you read verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It is simple. Personally, I was born into a Christian home. That's why my parents were not to me now. They, to me then, they were too serious with God. But to me now, they were not really deep, deep, deep or rooted in the revelation of the things of God. The me of then, ah, they were too serious. 
But right now, I now know that they were not they were they were serious, but they were not really deep deeply rooted in the revelation about the things of God or things of Christ. It is one thing to be busy with church. It's another thing to be busy with Christ. Let me tell you this. There is something called walking with God and there is something called walking for God. Alright? So now, I'm going to use the Ghanaian intonation as it were. Alright? So there is walking with God and there is working for God. Working for God, you can be a pastor, you can be an usher, you can be a Sunday school teacher, you can be evangelist, you can be an instrumentalist, you can be a singer, you can be anything. It's very good and powerful. That is called service in church. Then, walking with God, W-A-L-K, walking with God, is another thing. Let me tell you this. Walking with God is more important than working for God. Because working for God is an activity. But working with God is a relationship. Many people are working for God, but they are not working with God. Many people are working for God, but they are not working with God. And let me say this to you. When the trumpet sounds on the last day, the first thing that we speak for you is what the, your work with God. Even before your work for God. It is your working with God you know whether you are born again. It is your working with God that you begin, to you begin to reflect yourself in his mirror to know if your life is right or wrong, if your conscience is dead or alive. He every day he takes you on a journey. Every day he rebukes you, he talks to you. You can't walk with, listen, you can walk for God and you've not read your Bible for one month and you are fine. Alright? You can be working for God one month. You've not read your Bible. You are doing your usher, doing everything. Or you can be a pastor and you only open your Bible the day you want to preach. You can be a Sunday school teacher. You only open your Bible the day you want to teach. That's the only day. But when you are working with God, Charlie, every day your Bible is open. Every day you are on your knees. Every day you are on your knees. So, in the book of Psalms, the Bible, we put it this way, that he showed his face to Moses and he showed his act to Israel. He showed his face to Moses and he showed his act to Israel. Now, the act of God speaks of the miracle and the hand of God. Alright? When God wants to do miracle, he will bring his hand. Bible said the right hand of God is power. His right hand have done valiantly. He said in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So when God wants to do miracles, he wants to bless you, he will open his hand for you. But when you come and you say, Father, I want to know you, he will not open his hand. He will show you his face. And the good thing is that when his face is shown enough to you, then he will now bring his hand. So it is better to seek the face of God than to seek the hand of God. So those who are working in church, many of them are seeking the hand of God. Oh, if I do usher, I can get married. If I sing, I can be healed. If I do this, I can do... So they are focused on the hand, what they can take. So Israel, all they were after is what they could take. But Moses was after, can I know you? One day Moses said, show me your glory. I can't be following you and I don't know you. Show me. 
there is somebody listening to me. I, I've already missed my scripture. I've not, I didn't even go through my scripture I wanted to teach on. But I, I said there's somebody listening to me. You've been in church for long, but you don't know Jesus yet. You only know the name Jesus. You don't know Jesus yet. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5:17, if a man be in Christ, not in church. So if they ask, are you born again? You say yes. But deep down in your heart, there is this strange fire that is convicting you that are you sure you are born again? You are even afraid. It's time to get it right. It's time to get it right. It's time to get it right. So you being born into a Christian family is not what makes you a Christian. Did you remember a time of your life where you opened your mouth and you confessed Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? If there is none, then you don't. You don't have it. You don't have it. You need to be engrafted into his identity by you receiving his life into your own life. Now, there's a, a cliche that I've been using in church for ages. If you want to give your life to Christ, come. It is actually a wrong statement because every human being, according to the Bible, according to the Gospel of Paul in Ephesians, every human being is dead. All right? Every one of us are dead because of sin. So, now, everybody here, if a dead man comes to you and says, I want to give I want to give my life to you, will you take? No, because the person is dead. So what a dead man needs is to receive. So the right word is if you want to receive Jesus into your life. Because Jesus is life. Jesus is life. If you read John chapter 1, verse 5, he said, In him was life, and that life in him was light and that life became the that light became the life of men that light became the life of men so what makes believers live is not blood in your physical flesh you can live by blood you go to the hospital they when they want to check you they can check your blood but in the spirit what makes you live is light our genotype is light our blood group is light what flows in us is light. And one of the ways to get light is to spend time with Jesus in the word and in the place of prayer. The Bible spoke about Jesus one day and said he prayed so much that his, his countenance became so white. He began to glow. Which means he now received abundant life, more than that was enough to cry that he could share to others. That he could, he could tell you in John 10, 10, boldly, that the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I, I have come to give you life and to give you abundantly. I have it. I have life. I have abundant. That life, the believer's life is not blood. Many of us, you have so lived in your skin that you no more know who you are. It becomes a problem. And this is the biggest problem of the believer, not knowing their identity. You've lived so much in your skin. You've lived so much in your flesh. So you, so you know yourself more as a Ghanaian, as an Ashanti, as an Ewe, as a Fanti, as a Ghana, as a Frafran. You've known yourself more as an American, as a Nigerian, as a Togolese, than being a being of light, than being the son of God. We've known ourselves too much in the flesh. So we are not actually living the life we would have lived for him because we don't know. 
You know, when you meet somebody who is a guy and you begin to speak guy to them, they don't respond. It, it looks absurd. You are like, I hold you. You have you lived in Ghana? I've lived in Ghana. So how come you can't speak Ga? You meet somebody who is Ewe. You meet somebody who is Ashanti. They can't speak Chui. They can't speak Ewe. You are like, ah, why, why, why are you? How, how can you tell me that you grew up in Ghana? You can't speak this and all of that. So now look at what is going on in a lot of believers. We say we are Christians. Many of us can't speak the Christian language. Many of us can't speak the Christian language. But the problem is actually we are not living in the kingdom. We have lived, we have lived so much in Ghana that we have missed out life in the kingdom. And many people think the kingdom is in heaven. Oh, we're not good. No, that's not, that's not what the kingdom is. No, 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 no. That's not what the kingdom is. Paul gave that answer. He said the kingdom... It's, it's not meat and bread, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And one day, Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. So, when we talk about the kingdom, the kingdom is you living with the consciousness of the life of Christ on earth. Alright? Oh, so pastor, so what is now um, uh, going to heaven? There is what we call the kingdom of God, and there is what we call the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is God's abode, God's throne. Alright? The, the kingdom of God is around us. It's a cultivation of the life of Christ around us. The kingdom of God is that atmosphere you feel in the place of worship where it looks like you're having goosebumps. The kingdom of God is that moment you prayed, you prayed, you prayed, and you feel like you don't want to stop praying. You've hit into some realm. The kingdom of God is when you are in the place of study and you are just so much enjoying fellowship. You don't feel like eating. You don't feel like drinking water. The kingdom of God is that place you find yourself that there is so much peace in your heart despite the troubles you are going through the kingdom of god is the place you find yourself people have offended you you can't keep hurt you can't keep offense because where you live in does not permit you to keep offense where you live you live in the kingdom but if you see yourself as if you live in ghana you will always be offended and the sweet thing is this the kingdom of god is not a journey you have to just travel, carry your bag, and boom, you are gone. No, it is within you. You have to create the atmosphere. You have to be conscious about it. So the kingdom of heaven is God's abode. Then there's something called the kingdom of God. It is within you. It is within you. You have to bring it to life and begin to live in it. So when you hear people like us, sometimes you hear me say, I can't die like this. I'm not talking because I'm a very good driver. I can get careless on the road. But listen, Charlie, I live in a place called the kingdom of God. We don't die carelessly from that place. When I tell you I cannot be poor, I'm not looking at the economy of Ghana. I'm looking at the economy of the kingdom. There is a dimension where the economy of the kingdom can supersede the economy of the country you are living in. That if everybody is poor, if everybody is stranded, sure, you will just be, things will just be happening for you. They'll be asking you, how do you do it? People are falling sick and you are looking at them, asking them what is happening. And they're asking you, are you sure you are not in this country? Now, I, part, I partly listened yesterday. This guy was talking about and first fruit. And some people, I know their heart was beating fast. 
why some were asking some questions. So I'm going to try, because of the kind of questions I was hearing, I'm going to try deal on first fruit one more time. One more time. The teaching will be there on Podbean. If you will not go and listen to it on your own, I don't have time to answer plenty of questions. I will try one more time just to deal with it from another angle again. If you understand the kingdom, you don't. there are things you don't struggle with. There are things you don't fear. You don't fear demon because I only live in Ghana. I'm old, I only live in Ghana, but that's my bodily residence. But my spirit, my soul, have now been able to capture this body. And we are living in the kingdom. We are living in the kingdom. I'm in Ghana because I have to influence the country. I'm in Ghana because I have to be an, an example. You see, Jesus said, occupy till I come. That's what, what Jesus said. Everybody stay till I come. But do you know, the church for years, it is of recent, the church began to try to adjust. Some are still wrong. The church for years have been praying to go to heaven. The prayer of the church for years. Oh, Father, we are going to heaven. Oh, Jesus, come. What Come to do what? He said, you occupy till I come. Wait. Wait till I come. What you should wait for is to influence the banking industry. This Yes, last night, right? Last night, one of my daughters sent me um, a video of some gifts she received from her church that she just moved to Canada not long, that she has invited much people to church. They gave her a gift for inviting so much people to church. Because I told her while we were talking, I said, you are not in Canada just to be in Canada. You are there to influence people for Christ. Don't be afraid. Influence people for Christ. So part of what you are still here for, listen, if what we were born for, if what made us, what God created us for, if the reason why we got born again is to go to heaven, you would have died or disappeared the day you received Jesus. Many of us, we are missing the essence of our salvation. If what you were born again for was to go to heaven, you would have died the day you received Jesus. But Jesus wants you to remain in Ghana. He wants you to go, go to America. He wants you to go to Dubai. He wants you to go to China. He wants you to go to Burkina Faso. He wants you to go to France. He wants you to go to Paris. He wants you to go to everywhere you can think of. And what should you go there to do? Go there and preach the gospel to every creature. He didn't say come. So we have now we have a song soon and very soon. We are going to meet the Lord soon and very soon. He said occupy till I come. You say soon. Where are you going to? Where are you going to? So God is going to give you that job you are looking for in that bank. God is going to give you that visa you are looking for. Understand this, please. In case you don't know, understand this. Part of you being there is to tell somebody Jesus loves you. Repent. That is part of why you are alive. Don't think you are alive just for marriage. You are not alive just for you to go to school. You are not alive. And if you are not doing this, you are wasting your life. You are wasting your life. It is called the Great Commission. Cast out devils, baptize those who are saved, let them receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, and you go and preach the gospel to all creation. It's called the Great Commission. It's for every believer. Every believer. This is part of why Jesus was born. It's part of why he was born. It is part of why he agreed to suffer. It is part of why he took your sin. It is part of why he saved you. It is part of why he's coming again to collect account from you. To collect account from you have you really done what i ask you to do 
So some of you don't really understand the story of the five talents, what the five talents mean. The five talents speaks about you and I. The, the master speaks about Jesus, that he has given us gifts. He gave some five, gave some three, gave some two, gave some one, because he knows some of us are lazy. He knows some of us will not do. Some of you that you are hungry for the prophetic, but if God gives it to you now, you will not bless lives. So he gave us gifts based on our ability because he saw that some of us will be lazy, some of us will be wicked with the gift, some of us will not be diligent, some of us will not be proactive. So he gave you what he can give you and left you there. And the good thing was that the gift can grow. But what you do with what you have, so you saw the one that had five got ten, the one that had three got six, the one that had two got four, but the one that had one went to bury it. So you, whatever gift you have now, if you can sing, have you grown it? If you can dance in church, have you grown it? If you can teach, have you grown it? If you whatever you can do, you can win event. Have you matured your gift so that you can do more for Jesus? As good as you are as a believer, if you have not been able to recreate your type for Jesus, then your work with God is a risk. You are very good in, in singing in church. How many singers have you been able to raise for God? You are very good in sweeping church. How many people have you influenced to sweep church along with you? You are very good in, in uh, cleaning. How many people have you raised? You are very good in teaching. How many teachers have you raised? You are very good in prophesying. How many prophets or prophetess have you impacted with the gift to also do the same thing for Jesus? You are very good in welfare. When you come to supporting the church, bearing the burden of the church financially, you've been good. How many people have you influenced in welfare for Jesus? If this is not you, you're being born again, is at risk. Is at risk. Is at risk. Is at risk. It is a risk. You've got to wake up. You've got to wake up. Recreate your kind for God. If you are good, if you are not good, better keep your kind. Change first. Don't go and recreate problem for God. I told us, from this year going into next year, my duty is to impact. I want to deliberately raise and impact 100 persons with the prophetic. That's my first assignment. 100 persons must prophesy. Must, must, 100. And by the school of ministry, we, um, what is it called? We have to now try to teach people to get established in the world and, and send them out there to preach the gospel. Amazing. Somebody wants to get born again. All right. We're going to get to that, that in a moment. But somebody has to understand why you are living. So we have used Christmas clothes, Christmas rice and chicken to cover the importance. Every family that have children, all right, every family that has children part of what you should do this every christmas i want to give you a new culture and a new assignment now part of what you should do every christmas is not just to buy clothes it's good it's not just to travel it's not just to kill chicken it's not just to cook the food you feel like or whatsoever if you have kids or for yourself if you think you need to know more get go get the movie of the birth of Jesus and sit your children down, let them watch before they go and party and do whatever they want to do. Let's instill this life back to our family. Let them know what the reason why. So that they will not grow and carry chicken and forget Bible. They will not grow 
and start buying clothes for their children too. And yet, they don't even understand why. Look for it. you find it online. you find the tape to buy. People no more use DVD. You can find it, get it on your pen drive, and put it and watch. Sit your children down, let them watch. You have kids. Be, listen, go and get Christian cartoon. Stop allowing them watch every kind of cartoon that they like. Buy David and Goliath. If they have it, children like they like cartoon. Go and buy the story of Joseph. Buy the story of Jesus. Buy everything. Use it to teach them. Talk to them. Talk to them. Talk to them. So we've lost the essence of the season because of too much activity. Of too much activity. How can God leave heaven and come to earth? And the best thing we can use to, to respond to God is chicken. I think the best thing we should have been doing now is evangelism fever. Since it's Jesus' birthday, let's, I, I, it didn't come to my mind earlier. I think it's what next year, what we will do. Once it's close to Christmas, it's close to Easter. All right. To, to show the mark that we are actually aware that Jesus came. Let's win everybody, five souls. Everybody. Let's look for five souls and win them to Christ. That's what we are going to show to say, Jesus, happy birthday. It's not your birthday and you are the one eating chicken. The person whose birthday is, what gift are you giving to him? Some of you, some people cry. They have even planned to go and sleep with their boyfriend today or their girlfriend for somebody's else's birthday. Just imagine. So on your birthday, what will you do? If you are going to sleep with somebody for Jesus' birthday, on your birthday, what will you do? That one, the I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they will hang you like chicken. Just hang you like a uh, full chicken that they have greed inside the uh, what is it called? Inside the oven that they are poor here and they are, the chicken is just spinning, spinning like that. Via, 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 via. It's not your birthday. It's Jesus' birthday. So what gift are you giving him? Whatever you, listen, you take money to church. Some of you are going to church today. Some of you don't have church today. Your church is doing love first. Bring gifts. It's good, but it's not the best. The best thing you can respond to God with right now is souls. Souls. The reason why you are still alive is to influence people for God. Don't miss this. It's not because you are too smart. It's not because you are too nice. God is giving you a chance. My mom was sharing a story with me yesterday. I would love to share. I know she will not be angry with me because it's a story that's going to help people, everyone. So I would love to share. Mommy, I'm sharing your story. I know she has said yes. She said she had an issue with a woman where we used to live. The woman offended her. So she decided not to talk to the woman for a while since this woman hurt her. So my dad urged her to let it go and all of that. She said no. She would let it go, but she wants to distance herself. She won't talk to the person and all of that. So to cut the story short, one day she was sleeping. She wasn't talking to the woman about the one month. One day she was sleeping, and they gave her a bus, like Trotro. She should put in passengers in the car. Listen very well to this, because somebody, this would be, this could be what will make you miss heaven. This could be what will save your work with God. So they gave her a Trotro bus. She should load. So she began to put people in the car on going to a particular destination. Now, when the bus was full, it was time for the bus to move. They told her to get down. She was like, why? I was the one that loaded this bus. I'm, the, I'm supposed to be in this car. They said, that woman you are not talking to, you have to go and apologize to that woman. Where this car is going to, note this now, 
where this car is going to people who are holding offense does not go there anybody holding grudges anybody who had not forgiven somebody does not go to where this car is going to so you must get down she did everything she could do did everything begged and all and she said eventually the car left and she woke up started crying in the night she said go back and apologize now now look at the whole thing now look at it it is the person that is wrong she's not the one that offended and this is where most of us are missing it that's why i always tell us get back to your bible these things are all there get back to your bible you don't apologize because you are wrong you apologize because you are a christian oh, but i'm not the one that is wrong now that's not wisdom the wisdom of god is not same with the wisdom of men can you get me the book of mark now mark 11 get me mark 11 let's start from um verse 23 okay let's start from verse 22 have faith in god mark 11 from verse 22 have, say have faith in god whatever i said to the mountain let's take it down take it down to about 12 let me show you what i'm saying and they told us where this car is going to those so look at this now god god showed her quite all right she's working for me so you see what i told, told you earlier that working for god is activity but working with god is a relationship so god was telling her that you were actually working for me the car i gave you to load shows that you had activity for me but the person you have not offended is hurting my relationship with you the person you have not listen there are things you do you hurt your work with god that you hurt the relationship malice unforgiveness bitterness backbiting betrayal hatred anger the sins of the spirit they hurt your work with god they hurt the relationship god is not happy so she had activity she was loading the car and she did it well but there was something that was missing that was actually having a good relationship so look at this now let me show you from the bible mark 11 from verse 22 please hold on don't post let me finish one and let's take the first one from god's favor god's favor repost yours okay i can take it from there and jesus answering said unto them have faith in god verse 23 for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, he's talking about faith and prayer now, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have them. All right, let's go from his 24. Let's go on the KJV from his 24 before I get to the NIV. Therefore I say unto you, what thing soever ye desire when you pray, believe, that you shall receive them and you shall have them so it is saying that anytime you want to pray the first thing you do is to believe okay as a christian you don't pray before you believe you believe before you start praying whatsoever thing ye desire when you pray believe not after prayer do you believe hmm, hmm. no 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 believe first before you pray verse 25 let's go to the chase and when you stand praying forgive all right forgive if you have ought against any that your father also in heaven may forgive you also all right so forgiveness is not about oh father as i begin to pray forgive me the measure of the forgiveness you give 
is the measure of the forgiveness you receive. It's not about how you pray. If you don't forgive people, you pray for 10 hours for God to forgive you. God will not forgive you. It is give and take. That's the system. Every time you forgive, listen, every time you forgive people, you are depositing mercy in your account. Every time you forgive people, you are depositing mercy and forgiveness in your account. So the day you will need forgiveness from God, that's what the Bible said, Hebrews 4, 16. Now, let us come to the throne of grace and obtain mercy. It is a ask. The word obtain means there's an account that mercy has been kept for you. Go and the word obtain means go and take. So you go there and collect. He said, but if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses also. So so she had to wake up and go and started talking to the person and just let the whole thing go. And that dream didn't come back again. So some of us are going to go to hell because there's somebody we are not talking to. Some of us will not be able to enter destiny because there's somebody I have taught you again and again against malice, against bitterness, against offense. But some of you, your heart is akbobi. Do you know what akbobi means? Heart of stone. Your heart is your heart is full of stone, 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 stone. stone you still have one guy that broke your heart in 1991 you have not forgiven you still have one colleague you have not forgiven you still have even your own mother you have not forgiven your mother some of you cry you are offended you are angry with god you have not forgiven god now let me let me give us another scripture let's go to matthew 5 matthew 5 let's start from verse 22 again matthew 5 from verse 22 to 25 Merry Christmas. All right. Now look at this. Now look at this. Everyone pay attention now. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. <laughs> Listen, I think we need to deal with this topic properly. Madam, hold on. Don't be posting another one. Hold on now. You are distracting my distance. Hold on. When I'm done, then you post the second one. All right. I need that version, but hold on. Let's finish one first. All right. So he said, if you are angry with your brother, the word your brother here is not talking about is, is, is generic. It's not just your blood brother, okay? Every believer is your brother. So if you are angry with somebody in church for no reason, say you are in danger of judgment on the last day. All right? If you are angry with your church member, you are angry with your friend. This person is a Christian. He said you are in danger for no reason. And this is this is talking about the power of jealousy now. You are in danger of judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, the word Raka means thou fool, shall be in the danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou, um, thou fool shall be in danger of hell. All right. Now let's get to the reason, the point where I'm saying now. Verse 23. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, you brought your tithe, you brought your offering, you brought your first fruit, you are going to church uh, today, you are saying you should bring a uh, gift to come and share with people, or you are taking it to your pastor, you brought a seed and all of that. Now look at this. Oh. Look at this. 
the first one we read say if you remember that you have offended somebody forgive when you pray but look at this now he said and there remember that thy brother had ought against you not you now that offended your brother you now remember that your brother has offended you give me verse 24 Give me verse 24 of the KJV. I'm waiting. Or anybody else that have the KJV. So this time that's not about you offending the person. If you, you brought your gift, you brought your seed to altar, you brought anything, you now remember, ah, there's somebody, not who you offended though. Somebody has offended me. So I, I, it didn't pain me. I was hurt. I was angry. He said, look at what to do. Verse 24. Leave there thy gift. Don't carry it to. Leave it there. Leave thy gift. Leave the seed. Leave the offering. Leave whatever you brought before the altar. So you see, when we talk, people feel like, oh, eh, is there this church. No. You don't read your Bible. That is your problem. He said, leave your gifts there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to thy brother and then come again and offer thy gift. So you are not the one that offended the person. But for the fact that you, you had allowed yourself to get angry, you are not talking to the person, you are doing, he said, leave whatever you brought there. Go back and apologize. Many believers are arrogant. Many believers are proud. Many believers are pompous. Many believers are losing the path of righteousness. I've said it before. Anybody who says sorry is proud, proud, and proud. Somebody offended you. You are aware that you offended somebody. And what you say is sorry. The right word is, I am sorry. That does not mean everybody who says, I am sorry, is actually sorry. But it is a, is, a, is a journey and a process to get to the right path. Sorry is a stupid statement of arrogance. I am sorry. I admit my wrong and I'm apologizing for it. I'm apologizing for it. Sorry. What kind of nonsense thing is that one? There's nothing I detest like pride. I detest pride. I, I hate it. God hates pride with everything. So you see now, what Jesus was actually saying in this scripture is telling you why a lot of us, our giving does not produce result. Why a lot of us, our giving doesn't produce result. Our giving doesn't produce result. So you brought it. I, I know you gave 10,000 Ghana cities, but there's somebody that offended you. Listen, now don't forget what he said. He didn't say you are the one that is wrong, go. He didn't say you are the one that is wrong. Okay, can I get get the NIV for me now? Madam, um, we will post the NIV so that you didn't have so that you understand. Somebody was the one that offended you. So holding God is you are right. But listen, in the wisdom of God, you are wrong. So stop living in the wisdom of man and live by God's wisdom. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or a sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to the brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So telling your brother, you fool. He said, that one alone is enough to carry you to hell. That is enough. Okay. 23. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. 
not you. You just remember now that, ah, there's a woman who have uh, offended you. There's a woman who has been, have something against you. You are not the one. You have not done anything wrong. You know you are, but they are the ones who have offended you. They are the ones who are angry with you. He said, leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to them. Reconcile to them, then come again, then offer your gift. So if you come back to the altar, I've collected the gift. Just go down, pray, and go home. You brought the gift. What did the gift? The gift cry has been taken. So you're on your own. Is it me that says you should offend somebody and you should bring gift and go? He said, Don't carry it back or leave it there. Go home and apologize. So imagine how stupid it looks. Just imagine. Just imagine you carry it. Maybe you took your car key. You, you, you were led to give your car. You were led to give money for some church project. You were led to give it that you brought your tithe. As you brought your tithe, you just got to church. As you give it to the man of God or drop it on the altar. And you were about to pray. I'm like, ah, no, 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 I'm coming, I'm coming. You just turn back and you ran away. You entered the car, went to your house. You saw your neighbor who slapped your child. You saw your neighbor who spoiled something. You saw your neighbor who gossiped against you. And you go there. Um, Mama Joy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And the woman is now looking at you like, what did you do? He said, I heard that you are gossiping against me. And she's now confused. You heard that you are gossiping against and you are coming to tell me sorry. And let me tell you sometimes, sometimes, such people, be, such people have, because they are not actually godly, because they have not caught your revelation, they become proud. So when you come to tell them sorry, they now act like you are the one that need them. When you come to tell them sorry, they now begin to act as though you are the one. Uh, they now begin to talk somewhere. But in your, I've told you the story how somebody who I called a mentor, something, something happened. If I will call it a scam, as it were, I lost two million naira to him. I lost two million naira. Two million naira is currently over twenty thousand Ghana cities. I was able to recover one million naira later, and I was so mad. I was so mad. I typed some message because I trusted you so much with my heart. I love you so much. I opened myself to you. I, whatever, whatever I want to do, I open it. So why would you not take advantage of me for the fact that you see that I have money? I'm growing. That was the first time of me even having coming around millions. You could have, I just wanted you to guide me on the path to use my money right. So you took advantage of that and twisted my money. Twisted my money. So I was mad. I sent him tests. I, I, were, I didn't really have insultive words in the test, but the kind of the rage in me, it was, it was and I, I wasn't wrong. Charlie, over 20,000 Ghana cities right now, it's not a joke. Oh. What I'm talking about now is about two, three years ago. Imagine at that time, Kra, and I trusted you, and now you are scamming me. So I was mad. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell people, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that, and do that. I was burning, I was angry. And after everything, he now um, tried to explain, explain, sent some voice notes, called and all of that. I was still angry. I was pained because my trust for him was too much. And some way, somehow, he gave some days, Got the money, uh, part the half of it, and I, I let the half go. I told him half, let half go. I forgot about half, and I collected the other half to do the things I needed to do. And and I called and apologized. The wife said, "Oh, 
they are sorry and he, the wife they didn't know what was going on and all of that and all of that and all of that i said okay i ended the call now when i ended the call for him telling me sorry he was wrong for him telling me sorry my heart began to burn 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 i was like what is going on what what did i do wrong it's my money i was only angry for my money the holy ghost began to prick my heart the holy ghost began to convict my heart and the holy ghost told me say have you realized that you love money more than relationship i'm like what the hell are you saying i love money my heart my heart and money money i worked for money i worked for i didn't dash it to you we agreed to do business i gave you the money and you you went behind and swindled me so what did i do wrong and the holy ghost began to show me certain things began listening if god loves you and he will take you through a tough path if god loves you he will take you through a very difficult path and i began to cry and i sent him a message and i said i want to talk to you okay as i did that i never sent the money back he hadn't sent the money back i have not received it they have not sent the money yet i was crying i was in pain the holy ghost said to me you see that you love money more than relationship do you remember when you were begging this person to be your mentor i, I begged for one year to get access to mentorship you see a lot of you here um i am not i'm not promising you to be a perfect person i have my errors i have my flaws i have my weaknesses with all the love you claim oh pastor Nobel, we love you we love you too if i offend you now will you still love me you've seen my good part you've seen me pray prophesy oh teach nice okay awesome if you see me get angry will you still love me if you see me do the things you never thought ah you know, i never expected this from you will you still love me that is when you really know if you are somebody who love or not so i sent him a test i said Sir, i want to talk to you and your wife and they thought how about it because the money had not come then they thought about i was about to do something and all of that and all of that but the holy ghost has dealt with me and they called i said please put the phone on speaker i said i should talk to you no put the phone on speaker i want to talk to you and your wife he said okay call the wife and put the phone on speaker and i the holy ghost asked me to kneel down i knelt down in my room it was on court they were far i was in ghana so i knelt down on, in my room and i said i am sorry sir i am sorry ma forgive me while i was saying it two things were happening to me number one there was this anger in me that why are you so stupid that somebody is coming you of over twenty thousand Ghana cedis, and you are the one apologizing to the person. Listen, some of you will think this is weakness, but no, there's a kind of strength that you find inside your weakness. <laughs> when God want to want to break you, eh? All right. When God want to break you, when God want to, there is something called brokenness. When God want to achieve brokenness in you. He will make you so weak. But that weakness in his definition is what we call strength. When they were trying to crucify Jesus, Herod said to Jesus, was he Herod? Pilate said, are you the, are you the king of the Jews? I can save you now. Is it my power to save you or to kill you? And Jesus said one word to him. He said, if God have not given you the power, you can't do anything. I can summon battalion of angels now. 
to destroy the whole world and set me free. So he's telling Pilate, I have the power to stand up here and walk away. Nothing will happen. But I can't because I have to be broken. I have to die. I have to die. This death, I don't deserve it, but I have to stay inside. To Listen, a lot of you don't know what Jesus went through. To God, that God has given him a name above every other name. And if God must use you, God must do this to you. If God must lift you, God must do this to you. That what you are right about, not even talk of the one you are wrong about, what you are right, you will need that and say, I'm sorry. I was crying with two kind of pain in my heart. Number one was one, my flesh was telling me you are a fool. You are stupid. This man is taking advantage of you and you are kneeling down. Another part of me, he was telling me that, hey, okay, now you are becoming a Christian. Now you are becoming a Christian. Now you are becoming a Christian. While I was saying sorry, he said, uh -huh. uh, you see, I was telling you, you see, you young men of these days, you care so much about money, about money. And in my heart, you are still talking. In my heart, you are, you are talking. If not that the Holy Ghost is pricking my heart, if I if I do the things I want to do, eh, I will end up in police. Oh. In my heart, you are talking. But I couldn't say it out. And he said, and talked and talked and talked and talked. The wife added her own. You didn't even, you could have even reach out to me first. You know, we are close, we talk and all of that. And all. I was like, hey. But listen, the Holy Ghost was the one I was listening to. And why they finished saying what they said, I said, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I said it over three or four times. I am sorry. I was crying saying it. I am sorry. Forgive me. I am sorry. So some of you want to be anointed like Pastor Norbert or more than me. Please, can you apologize on what you are right about? Can somebody... Can somebody collect your money now? Let's even say 5,000 Ghana cities. Somebody you trusted, they stole the money, you now find out, and you got angry, and you now nailed down to tell them, I'm sorry. Can you apologize? Somebody, uh, you found out that somebody took your husband, you found out that somebody took your boyfriend, and later you now find out you got angry, said things and all of that. Can you, you are, you are very right too, but can you now come back and kneel down and say, I am sorry? If this part you can go with, God can't break you. And if God can't break you, God cannot use you. God cannot use you. There are some of you now. God is going to send you back to somebody. <laughs> Working with the Holy Spirit is very interesting. Very interesting. He can just tell you now, say, um, there's somebody, both of you had issues 10 years ago. Go and look for her and apologize. Ah, 10 years ago, but oh, we've moved on now. I even saw her. I greeted her. I said, no. Now, you want to follow me, right? I want to take you through school. Go back and look for her. Kneel down and apologize. Tell her you are sorry for what happened 10 years ago. Be specific. While I was staying under my pastor, something happened. Every time I had issue with my pastor, particularly the time that he is the one that offended me. He's a human being. He's the one that did the thing that made me angry. God will tell me, send him money. It brings a lot of healing to you. God will tell me, send him money. In my anger, God will tell me, send him money. So that God will tell me, take, if I don't have money, God will tell me, carry your phone. I will carry my phone. He will say, send it to your pastor. I love you. Ah. In this generation that we are gay, Gay and lesbian, for do not think I'm gay. 
Number one, I'm already angry. What should I love him about for? In fact, what he, what he did, I'm regretting in my heart. I'm regretting knowing him. That's how we feel. All right? Get my statement. Don't, don't, don't miss what I'm not saying. I'm regretting. I feel like I, I wish I never knew you at all. I wish I never knew you. There are some of you now. Some of you now. What is killing your marriage? But you are not, you are not allowing God to break you. How can husband and wife be waiting for who will be the first to say sorry? What kind of foolish marriage are you people doing? Please forgive me. But what kind of foolish marriage are both of you doing? So one person offended each other. You are Both of you are waiting for who will be the first to say sorry. What kind of stupid marriage is that? Some of you now, because you are always the first to say sorry, you feel that you are being used. You feel you are being used. Every time you want to say sorry, every time you want to say sorry, every time you want to say sorry. So tell me what is happening. Are you dying? Are you dead? And you, the other person, why can't you say sorry? Some of you are listening to me now. You can never say sorry to your wife. Because why? You are the head of the house. What the head? You are not a head. You are a headache of the house. You can't say sorry. Even when you are wrong. You look for a way to pass by. You can't say sorry. Just to make peace reign. You can't call your wife and say, you know she's the one that is wrong. Go, come. Honey, I'm sorry. Babe, I'm sorry. The woman will be shocked. Except she's a fool. Except the woman is a fool. She will be shocked. Like, ah, my own husband is telling me I'm sorry for what I did wrong. I'm sorry. Let's let this thing go. Let, let's, let's make peace. It is hard, but it's the right part. This is God's wisdom. So you can't say you are following Jesus, and yet there are things you can't do. You can't say you are following. Many of us are more traditional. Where I come from, men don't tell women sorry. Where are you from? Where where are you? No, tell me where are you from? One village in one bush. We are talking about kingdom. You are still holding on to culture and tradition. Is that how you want to go to heaven? Is that how you want to go to heaven? One of the reasons, you know, some of you always, particularly my admins, not that they will not understand why I will always be seeking to give some examples sometimes. The kind of, the way I've dealt with her, I'm not, I've not dealt with so with any other admin around me. I remember one time she came to me and she was just saying something. It was not really an issue. Oh, the husband, they just had some this thing and all of that and all of that. And I told her, I say go and apologize. That's what I told her. I say go and apologize. She was like, ah, but I'm the one that they offended. I said, I don't care. For as long as you want to be my daughter, as long as you say you want to follow me, there is something I have learned that I must teach you. This one, I don't need to wait for the Holy Ghost to come and school you. You must learn it. I say go back and say sorry. And she was saying something last time. He said, for that thing alone, me there, I, I avoid offense. She knows till now. She can't come any day and come and tell me my husband did this and did that and did that. Thank God she's married to a good man. But at the same time, she can't even come. No matter how little the offense is or whatsoever, she can't come. She knows she can't come. I will not support her. She knows. She knows. And you are following me. You are a daughter. You are a son. If you choose not to report it, carry your own problem and go. But if you report it me, I will send you first. You that reported it first, you will go back and apologize first before we start dealing with the issue. It is not about, it's not foolishness. Though. It's not about your husband or your wife. Though. It is to break you first. 
it is to break you to achieve brokenness listen if you are not broken the holy spirit cannot flow through you if you are not broken the holy spirit cannot flow through you i remember i had some issue with my pastor some time ago the very serious very serious issue i had my own part in it but everything on their part was wrong and i was given suspension for three months i was given suspension for three months i had made up my mind that on the second third week if i wait for three weeks three weeks they don't respond i will resign i will leave the ministry what nonsense look at what they did look at everybody that hears it knows they are wrong my pastor told me yeah i'm not supposed to go on suspension but somebody said i must go on suspension that is a must. Somebody that has enough power and authority says, I must go on suspension. That was how they sent me. And now, they sent me on suspension. They sent, I had already pastored in Kumasi. I raised the church, raised the people, and I left. They sent me back to the church where I have already pastored. That was what the person requested for. Sent me back there, that that's where I will go and serve my suspension for three months. I have to be sitting among my members, people I want, people I usher to church, people I preach to for three years. I have to sit among them as a member. Some of you, you can't, you can't never be anointed because you are too wise. You will never rise to what God wants you to be because you are too smart. You, are, you know too much. You know too much. And I packed my load. My members even thought I traveled. I packed my load. And I left and I went to Kumasi to stay. When I got there, oh, the pastor gave me attitude. This is somebody who is supposed to be a colleague. Gave me attitude. So I, my, the plan was that the members would not be aware that their former pastor came for to serve for, what is it called? For his suspension so that he would just make it as if he came to, even if I, I will not preach for all of that. But you know, it was the day I came. That the pastor called all the leaders and said, because after I have, I have left there, the members are still calling me, and the pastor they were not happy about it. They were still calling me, oh pastor, we miss you. Even after three years, they will be using me to give example. So he now called them. You see, your almighty pastor Norbert has now come for suspension. That was the exact word they gave to them. Your almighty pastor Norbert has now come. He's a suspension. He didn't come for anything, no. So whatever I tell you, people, that is not suspension is a lie so i saw when they came out of the office they were all looking at my face some way i knew what that meant some came to, oh pastor good to see you thank you yes yeah, so i came for some program they will look at each other and they will just smile and walk away i knew what it was but i kept quiet and they gave me i was listen i was already an ordained pastor i'm not talking of uh maybe um i'm still in bible school no I was already an ordained pastor. So they came and they said, now, I have to be in church. Now, note, where, what they now did that broke me completely was that they, they, had, they were living in, I think, a three-bedroom a three or two-bedroom house where they could have given me a space to stay. But where they, what, where they gave me to, I have to go and stay. There was this guy, while I was in Kumasi Pastor, one day he walked into church and said to me that... Um, he has been working with the church for 13 years now, and the church have rejected him. They've abandoned him. He has nothing else, no food, no money. They've sacked him and all of that. He needs to start life all over, nothing. The guy was crying. 
and I look at him, I said, okay, I, had, I have a room in my house I'm not using. They have not brought my assistant pastor yet. Come and stay in that room. I don't know him from anywhere. I've never met him. I've never, nothing. We don't know each other before. And that was how this guy packed all his load, started sleeping in that room in my house. He stayed in my house till I left Kumasi. And he stayed with me for over one year, one year, three to six months. I fed him. I clothed him. In fact, every every Sunday, I was giving him 50 Ghana CDs to support himself every Sunday. Now, this same guy that I housed was the one they said, I must go and stay in his house. The guy is now living in one single room. Somewhere, the distance from the place to church is six Ghana CDs. And this guy is somebody, when I left, he was one of the first people that said bad things about me. He was one of the first people that insulted me. Ah, don't mind him. He doesn't even know what he was doing. If he, if he knew what he was doing, ah, this church would have moved forward. He would have done this and none of that. He said, I have to go and stay in the guy's house. And this guy, I know him. This guy is very dirty. He doesn't clean. He doesn't clean. And I look at myself. I shook my head. I was still having it in mind. Three weeks. If they don't change their mind, I'm out. I carried my things. went there. I cried. I cried. I couldn't pray. I, I tell you, I couldn't pray. I couldn't study. I couldn't do. I, I just stayed there, cried. Now, then I added the third law. Every day, I must be in church 6 a.m. in the morning and leave to home 6 p.m. Now, mind you, the distance of the house to the church is six Ghana cities coming, six Ghana cities going. That's 12 Ghana cities every day. And nobody's giving me money. I was not on salary where I was pastoring. I had not saved any money, nothing. But look at what God did. The moment I landed Kumasi, suddenly somebody who I knew in Kumasi for long, we didn't meet, nothing. I just saw an alert on my phone. I was like, maybe this guy saw me while I was getting down from the car or on the road or something. So I called him. I didn't say I'm fine. I said, you sent me money. He said, yes, so he just saw me in the dream last night, started to send me money. I'm like, dream. Did you see me in Kumasi? Are you in Kumasi? I said, yes. Ha, ah, you didn't tell me. I said, I'm in Kumasi. I came to do something. Ha, ah, you didn't tell me. Sent me money. That was the first thing God began to do. So the other person called, oh, pastor, it's been long. And I said, I'm in Kumasi. Are you in Kumasi? Sent me, I think, two thousand Ghana cedis or three thousand Ghana. I've forgotten. Sent me money. Now, I had to feed. I had to transport every day in and out of church. And most of the days, this pastor will not come to church to open the door. They have a place where they keep key. They remove the key from that place. So I have to come in the morning, sit outside as a pastor. Church, I have already pastored. The members, I, have, I will sit outside in the morning, sometimes till 11 or 12 before. They, what I'm talking about is just barely about three years or four years ago. Four years ago. I was already pastoring in Vota, in Sugar Copen. 2019, October, I was already pastoring, prophesying, healing people. Listen, eh, if you don't allow God to break you, eh, sometimes it will come like wickedness, but you have to be able to discern. When the Bible says all things work together for good, this is what he's saying. So I was waiting for my three weeks. When it was close to the three weeks, I, I, I realized I began to summon energy to pray. First of all, I was angry. I, I would talk to anybody that would listen to me. Look at what I'm going through. Look at this. Look at that. And look at that. But I realized that when it began to get close to the three weeks, the Holy Ghost began to energize me to pray. While I began to pray, 
there was strength coming inside of me. Wait, 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 hold on, wait. So all the people have discovered that in three months, in three weeks I will go. When it was three weeks, I was like, ah, are you ready now? I said, I'm not ready. Let me hold on a bit. Let me wait a bit. The more I prayed, the more the Holy Ghost was coming me. Suddenly, from nowhere, joy entered me. I no more feel angry. I no more feel afraid. I no more care what anybody says. I, I play keyboard to an extent. I play drum to an extent. Now the church does not have a stable keyboardist. The church does not have a stable drummer. So I will come to this same church where I have pastored. No keyboardist. I will go and sit on the keyboard. I will play keyboard for them. No drummer. I will go and sit on the drum. I will play drum for them. So the drummer, the, if any of them that come, either they get a keyboardist that day or a drummer, I became a colleague to one of the instrumentalists. And some of them want to take it for granted. And hey, you're not playing, you're playing this way. Hey, do this. I look at them. I shake my head. I will smile. <laughs> I continued. There was this strange joy. There was this strange joy. I was feeding myself. I would give offering and do everything and all of that. One day, I cleaned the church. I had to call one of the girls who was there before I pastored. The washroom was looking very dirty. Cobwebs. I have to call her. I said, why the washroom dirty? She said, sir, we are tired. This church, they are not helping us. The church is this and all of that. I said, now, go and carry soap and wash it. As if it was my church. I didn't care. I said, go and carry soap. He said, no, sir. I said, go and carry. I said, come on, go and wash it. He said, I don't have money. I said, you have money. Go and buy soap. She went to buy soap. So I made sure they cleaned the whole church. I was not making sure everything was intact and all of that. I will come for rehearsal, join the uh, choir. I will teach them song, rehearse with them. There was this strange joy. I don't know where it's coming from. But one thing was common. I never lacked money one day. They never gave me money. It was after about one month or two months, the pastor came and um, um, come and take this um, 20 Ghana cities. Uh, what have you been eating? I said, don't worry. Don't worry, I'm fine. They were like, no, which I know it was my pastor, my head pastor that called them to ask them, um, have you been giving him support? Because they know I don't receive salary. Even while I was pastoring, I don't receive salary. So they said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. God, I had enough. If I don't have cry, I will fast. I will fast. And it now got to three months. I think once cry, I went for evangelism. Once or twice. <laughs> I went for evangelism. Either once or twice. I went to visit some old members I knew who were no more coming. Some came to church. In fact, the first Sunday was a chaos. When people entered church, ah, pastor, pastor. It was, they, they, in fact, they became more angry. People who ran from their church, their seat run to me. Hey, pastor, who would they come after? Say, everybody rallied around me. Me, I was now afraid for the people. And on the third month, now they didn't even call me back because they wanted to. The person who was taking care of the church, it was getting close to end of year Thanksgiving. Now the person pastoring the church is not able to sustain the growth of the church, number one. Number two, the income of the church kept nose diving. So they saw that if Thanksgiving comes, they will not generate money. So they said, I should go back. I said, okay, no problem. I packed my things. While I was to go, I met the pastor of the church who had dealt with me. I took his seed. I gave to him. And I said, sir, I have a seed for you. The man was shocked. The man was shocked. He, wanted to give he was looking at me. He wanted to give me transport. I said, no, no, don't worry. I have a seed for you. He was shocked. I had to go to Accra to go see my pastor before I get back. 
and I went to see my pastor. When he finished praying for me, I brought out this and says, I have a seat for you. My pastor was shocked. Because all they discovered, they told them is that I will leave the ministry. I will not stay for one month. That this guy is too proud. Maybe I was proud and he didn't know. But maybe that, maybe that was how God rescued me out of pride. Maybe. So I went there. I was prayed for. And I left and started coming back to Volta region. Three good months in that season. But now look at what God did. Since that day till now. Since that day till now. I have never suffered financially again. Before then, I was having a little inconsistency in my finances, although I was being blessed, but it wasn't that much. Since that day, from the moment I came back, my anointing shifted. Since that day, the, the, the anointing upon my life shifted. The fellowship with the Holy Ghost shifted. The prophetic shifted. Since that day till now, if a, a, a door of prosperity opened for me, that I never imagined. It, it has never gone down till now. It has never gone down till now. So sometimes, the things that will come as persecution is actually to build something out of you. And it killed a part of me. And I, I love it now. Now I know God better. I love it. There is somebody listening to me. There is something God is trying to achieve in your life where you are not allowing God. Sometimes, it might be from your workplace. Sometimes it might be from your family. Sometimes it might be from your marriage. Sometimes it might be from your church. But listen, allow God to break you. You are too rigid. You are too hard. You are too rigid. Allow God to break you. Allow God. I know you are working for God. But if you must work with God, eh, relationship, these things are common to you. They must be normal. They must be normal. And I lie not. I'm not taking any pride to it. Everyone that I have pastored with as a colleague since then till now, by the mercy of God, there's none of them that we can stand and they will say we are equal. There's no one. By God's mercy, by God's mercy, there's nobody, nobody. In any, any dimension, there's nobody. No, 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 no. Till now, since that time, since that time, since four years till now, none of them can stand and both of us can talk and we are talking in the same level and certain things. No, 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 no. God just lifted me. Have you read the Bible? It said God resists the proud and giveth more grace to the humble. Sometimes the humility will not come by your will. It will come by force. What most of us come call humility is not really humility. You see, when you be, when you if you want God to help you, eh? Just begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to break you. Ask the Holy Spirit to take away pride from you. Listen, you will think that the answer will come by God will just release one anointing. We just come, view, 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 view. It's a lie. He will take you through something that will pain you. He will take you through something that will pain you. He will take you through something that will break you. He will take you through something you said you will never do in your life. And listen, some of you now have gone through something that you said you will never do. Ah, me? No. If you offend me, I will never over my dead body. Listen, every time you run away from me, there's something in your life you have not dealt with. And there's a lifting you will never get. You will never be lifted because you are running away from what God needed to use to train you or to lift you.
do you know Jesus? If you know Jesus, this is the way to your life. What are you running from? Who are you running from that God is using to break you and shape you? Who It could be your mom. It could be your pastor. Who are you running from?